This is Pop Culture Yearbook. On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss our memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. And Giff, how you feeling? Um, well, we got a big topic tonight, and it's such a wide-ranging, popular show, this Game of Thrones, that I'm I'm worried that I'm not gonna well I'm not gonna do it justice tonight. So um, well this I can is my tell you pick. right now that me and Pete won't do it justice. Yeah, I think so we're, that's, we're that's planning the other thing covering I'm every episode in detail in our one hour <laughs> show here, aren't we? Right. Well, and before we get into that, um, we got uh, one shout out to get into. Uh, we've seen a spike down in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thank you Council to whoever. Maybe downloading whether it's a bot or a real breathing person. Thank you. Gif Thank did you. notice that there is a school for the deaf there, so yes. we think maybe that's why they're listening to the show because they that's, can't hear us. That's right. They they can handle it. It's it's a little easier. Yeah, I they, think it's right on the border, isn't it? the Nebraska border? Nebraska, that... yeah, it's the Omaha Council Bluffs metropolitan area. Megaplex. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So we we could uh, we're reaching across state lines possibly. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. So thanks, uh, thanks for listening down there, or at the very least, you know, smashing the old download button and give us a few extra. Yeah, hopefully you're. Omaha is actually a Omaha is actually a pretty cool town to visit. Have you been there? It's uh, somewhere in Middle America. You should. Peyton yeah. Manning's a big fan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, uh, we used to go actually when I was a kid. My parents had friends that lived in Omaha, and I I did spend a couple weekends there. Yeah. We went there. They've got a really cool bridge you can walk across um, that goes over the border from Nebraska to Iowa and back. Council Bluffs. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it's great. Sweet. It's so it's a little bit trendier than what you might think of when you think of Omaha, Nebraska. Let's say that. Well, right, and then. you know, Sid Hartman always used to say that if we lost any of our pro sports teams, we would just be a cold Omaha. And that wasn't a uh, compliment. No. Wow. Well, that would not be. Sid cuts deep. Old Omaha, but but oh. that was always the big threat to uh, pay for those stadiums because we didn't want to become a cold Omaha. Sure. <laughs> and now he's dead. Yep. Well, shall we get into it here, folks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we are still in uh, 2014. So in 2014, the fourth season of Game of Thrones came out. This, of course, was a juggernaut show on uh, HBO. Um, fantasy, I suppose, would be a good way to put it. Uh, a uh, medieval fantasy type show, for medieval those who don't know. fantasy is the way I would describe it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Nailed it with that one. So my memory of this show, I was one of those holdouts um, that did not watch it. Um was kind of proud of myself for not you know watching it because everybody was you know was all over the internet it was you know a lot of people talked about it so i did not watch the show until i caved in 2017 and i watched i binge watched it all the way through and got done with season seven and then came to realize that season eight wasn't going to come out for like a year and a half so i was kind of disappointed that i just didn't wait another you know, year to watch the whole thing. So I had to wait with everybody else for the last season. Um, I know a lot of people are very, very disappointed 
in how this series wrapped up. Um, what I say to that is, you know, when it's when it's that popular of a show, that many people are watching it, nobody's, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy with the way it ended. Um, it's like Seinfeld. Well, Seinfeld, just about anything, you know. Rano's. But I, I but I look at it this way. It's like um, it's like having a pet. You know, it's going to end bad at the end. You're going to be sad, you know, when the pet finally leaves you. But that doesn't take away all the fun that you had watching it and the experience of uh, of this great show. So it's a very depressing turn. This episode has already taken. No, it's not depressing at all. It's, uh, it's it's very it's poignant. Proponent Brad, of uh, Brad. Of, I just want to say ownership. that I ho- I hope your your dog Larry is not listening right now because. <laughs> No, he's behind three closed doors, so we don't hear him. (laughs) The dogs have super good hearing, though. Yeah. Um, He's behind three closed doors. I would say it'd be worse if my 11-year-old dog was hearing it, because he is uh, winding down to a slow doggy. Oh. Oh. But we still love him, right? It's still a good dog. Yeah, Yeah, he's wonderful. Of course. It's going to be a very, very sad day. So, and, you know, uh, this show was um, one that I absolutely love. So, uh, like I said, I I finished season seven with about a year and a half um, before year eight. So, by the time the eighth season came out, um, I, leading up to it, of course, with my uh, forgetfulness, I actually rewatched all seven seasons before season eight was done. And then I binged season eight all in one shot so that is similar to when we watched better call saul and we watched it all the way through mm-hmm. and then the the final season was kind of airing at the time and we didn't really we hadn't really started didn't really think about getting recorded or anything and never did and once we got done with season five there was just no time in sight when they were actually going to allow you to watch it if you didn't see it when it was on right couldn't get it on the dvr wasn't replayed wasn't on netflix and we just sat around and sat around and forgot a lot of it. And then finally we did get to see that last season. Mm-hmm. So I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, can I ask, you guys have never watched this series. That's not, not true. At all. <clears throat> I watched a half an episode once. Oh, you did? <laughs> yep. Okay. I did watch uh, about, I got like halfway through episode one. And then I got pulled away to something else. I, I really didn't feel like I was getting into it or anything like that. It didn't pull me in. Maybe I needed to stick with it longer. But but uh, to your point, I did watch part of an episode. Okay. I think so I remember was... there being some chasing through through the snowy woods at some point. Some, yeah. Something uh, like winter that. is coming. I even yes. know. Yeah. That. Well, yes. that was the first episode. So it's it was like, up in Winterfell. Yes. Winter and, uh, the, king, the king came to... Uh, Visit uh, the Stark family in Winterfell. Yeah, so sure. Well, I uh, what, have did, never... what did you think? What did you oh. think of of this view? Did you watch just this episode? We're going to be covering um, season four, episode two in uh, tonight. So uh, the assignment obviously was to watch that episode. Pete, did you happen to watch any others? No, but uh, but it, this episode was good. Like I didn't know the characters or what was going on, but. It was interesting and it pulled me in. This one actually kind of pulled me in probably better than that first one uh, um, did. So it was interesting. Brad? I have never seen this show. I never had any interest in it. As you described it, um, this is a genre that I just 
it just checks no boxes for me. Okay. I can't. I don't like fantasy. Like the only thing I've ever really gotten into was kind of Harry Potter. Brad has. Um, no I don't like medieval time period pieces very often like that. I can't stand when people have weird names, which uh, you've got all over the place. This is here. all over the place. Yep. I just I can't follow them, and it's a huge, huge cast, so it's just very overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I never cared to watch it. I heard all about it, but um, I was interested to see since I had to watch one now. Would mm-hmm. I be intrigued, and what what would I find by watching it? So, as, as have, a, do you uh, want to know former, what I thought? As a former um, RTR knight. I thought maybe you'd be more into medieval culture, but uh, no, I'm not. So, for example, my family all went to the Renaissance Festival once together when I was like 10 years old. Uh, So but my parents and brother and sister were much older and much more able to make up their own minds on things. And all five of us vowed like this is the worst thing we've ever been to and we will never go back. I I completely agree. It never even crossed my mind to make any sort of connection between the Renaissance Festival and Game of Thrones. Well, it's it got that medieval, seems like so. It's, yeah, it's it's medieval culture. <laughs> yes, How is sure. Yeah, sure. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything so, I've seen anyway, and heard about Game of Thrones, not even right. close to it. I was gonna try to watch the the two since this was the second episode of the season. I was definitely gonna try to watch the first episode of the season and then the one after. But I've been very busy celebrating my wife's birthday all weekend, yes. so I never got around to any other ones. And so I only saw this episode. Now, I will say, before we get into much detail, it did not draw me in at first. Like, that opening scene, I, like, had no idea who was doing what. And I feel like, unless I'm confused, it really didn't apply to anything else that happened after that. I don't even know, were those characters even in it? Yeah. However. Yeah, the beginning doesn't really. Once Peter Dinklage came on, he started talking. And then the wedding part, I did. Like, I mean, I, like, enjoyed it. Like, there was some good stuff in there. And I was like, okay, this is. I'm not going to probably watch the whole series, but like, sure. I did not hate it. So that was, uh, that's where I'm at. Well, and I do like Peter Dinklage. I think he's yeah. in, he's fun to watch and I think he's an amazing actor. Um, mm-hmm. and his character just pulls you in just by itself. The way that he, the way that he does the role. And of course he's an intri- intriguing personality and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? So we'll just kind of go through the episode. Um, I was just going to give a quick little a reminder. So the fourth season begins. Um, Jamie Lannister is back at King's Landing after losing his hand. Him and uh, uh, Brienne of Tarth are back. Um, you've got Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, see, um, you're losing me with these names right away. Is, Brienne. I'm Brienne, come on here. Brienne, um, come on. He, he's Brian. got his. He's got his of group um, over Brian. at. Uh, uh, oh God, I can't remember the Dragonstone. I believe it is. Um, and of course, the big um, lead-in to this season is the uh, impending nuptials uh, between Marjorie and Joffrey. So uh, we also see um, Oberon Martell for the first time. He arrives for the royal wedding. And he's got a bit of a beef with the Lannisters, like a lot of other people, because uh, his sister was married to the Mad King, and she was, of course, raped. Her children were killed. Those are his his sister and um, nieces and nephews. So he's got a bit of a bone to pick. 
um, with the Lannister family. And there's an awesome episode later on in this uh, season um, where there's a fight between him and the mountain. So I picked this episode, the second episode, The Lion and the Rose, because it does encompass the wedding, the royal wedding, and the death of Joffrey, which um, you guys aren't familiar with the show, but I'm assuming you got a pretty good feel during this episode for what kind of person Joffrey. He was a, he had I, a I very punchable down. face. I want to punch. I wanted to punch him the entire time that he was on the screen. To use a I word from the last guy. week with Gone Girl, I wrote down this king is a real twat. Yes, it's a great, okay. great term. Great term for him. So uh, we'll just kind of run through it here. Um, Not to be confused with super twat. Right. <laughs> so uh, it starts out, we uh, we see uh, Ramsey uh, Snow, Ramsey Bolton, uh, and his girlfriend Miranda, and along with Theon, who is now Reek, um, after he's been um, relieved of his <laughs> private parts. No, no, your real name. By, by uh, <laughs> Ramsey. Um, they are running through the woods, chasing this poor woman um, with bows and arrows and uh, dogs. And you kind of see the, the state that Reek is in, um, basically a, a shell of himself. Um, and I was never a big fan of Theon. I thought he was always such a, a D-bag. But um, you do feel for this guy who's basically been stripped of, of everything that um, made him who he was. Um, so we end up back in uh, King's Landing, and we see Jamie and uh, Tyrion are having dinner, or having lunch, and this is, I love this scene, because again, the scenes between these two brothers are always, um, are, are the only sweet relationship in the Lannister family. Um, Jamie, of course, has been banging his sister Cersei, the twins. They, you know, their kids are, um, Joffrey is their son. Um, they've got another son and their daughter is off in, um, uh, with the, uh, in Dorne. Um, so all legitimate, you know, illegitimate children. That's a whole big storyline with, uh, Joffrey coming to the throne. Um, so he's, Jamie's kind of a despicable character, but he's always been good to his brother. Um, Tyrion, of course, being a dwarf, is hated by um, his father, um, hated by his sister because, of course, the mother, their mother died giving birth to him. So he's always got, you know, pun intended, the short end of the stick from his entire family, his entire life. Um, but it was just a, a nice conversation between them because Jamie, having lost his hand, um, he's, of course, a great swordsman, and now he has to learn to fight with his left hand and Tyrion helps him out sets him up with Braun as a training partner so that um Jamie is able to gain some of his pride back being able to be a, a warrior again so I did one of the two quotes I wrote down was from this part here mm -hmm. where uh Tyrion so Tyrion says uh <laughs> that sounds pronounced Tyrion <laughs> A toast to the proud Lannister children, the dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, that sums I it up it. pretty well. Self-aware yeah. and everything. I always like that kind of stuff. Sure. 
Um, and again, we go back to a, a, a side story in this episode with um, the Boltons uh, back to the Dread Fort um, and this uh, conversation between uh, uh, Roos Bolton and um, Ramsey. And they need to, they've been basically given control of the North, but they have to take it for themselves. So this comes into a whole storyline of um, Reek Theon has, has divulged that um, that um, Stark, uh, Bran Stark is still alive. And if they can capture him, that'll give them um, a trading piece in order to take over Winterfell. Um, so you're going to have this huge thing into finding Bran Stark. Um, of course, nobody knows where Bran is. Um, and he has been on a quest now to get to his um, stepbrother uh, at uh, Castle Black. And he's uh, with Hodor along with, um, uh, who are the other two folks with him? Shoot, I had this written down. Sorry. Uh, Joe Jen and Mira. So you guys may recognize uh, the actor Joe Jen from a couple movies that, uh, or a couple things we've talked about on this show. Uh, he played Sam in Love Actually. And oh, was yeah, also, Thomas Brody Sangster. I yes. saw him. Uh, that was, was yeah, also yeah. in The Queen's Gambit, which right, we, uh, right. which we covered on, on the show here. Which I just saw they just uh, renewed for a second season coming out coming up here for the queen's gambit no kidding yeah i just saw that today wow wow when's that supposed to be coming up i do not know hmm. well i'll be looking for that but yes i did uh notice and meant to bring that up that uh i did recognize at least one person sure um so he's on his quest they find the uh the weirwood tree and of course he's uh got the site um and he touches the weirwood tree, and we see all these things. And at the time, you don't necessarily know everything that he sees because some of it's in the past, some of it's in the future. Um, this is the first uh, time we see a glimpse of the Night King. Um, so that's exciting. We see um, a shadow of a dragon flying over King's Landing. Um, which of course we'll see in the last season of the show, but you're not sure if that's something that happened in the past or something that'll come in the future. So you're starting to see Bran, you know, hone his powers to become the three-eyed raven. Um, so he's of course on his quest as well. Ah, uh, the three-eyed raven. Ah, uh, the three-eyed raven. It's, it's one it's... of my favorite uh, tropes as well. <laughs> there's just so much there's, you know there's so many side stories um going on throughout this entire show i did like the uh the scene where the dude is learning to fight left-handed because yeah. he lost his hand first of all it kind of gave that me a little good. bit of a princess bride feel just sure. the whole uh, i thought the I same thought right thing right but the quote there was the guy said are we being too loud and the one said well right here is where i fuck his wife she's a screamer that one if they don't hear her, they won't hear us. Right. <laughs> I love Braun. His character is absolutely great. He's such a smart ass. Um, him and Tyrion are just two peas in a pod. Um, so yeah, he's one of my one of my faves throughout the this series as well. Um, we also see. Uh, I'll, I'll hit the other side 
um, story in this one, uh, Stannis Baratheon um, and the Red Woman. And of course, um, she is still burning okay. people at the stake for the uh, the uh, God of Light. Um, and that's just such a crazy storyline because Stannis really doesn't believe in her God, but he sees the power that she has and knows that she may be able to help him in his quest for the Iron Throne. So he keeps her around um, to, you know, the peril of just about everybody around him. Um, but the big reason, of course, for picking this episode is the wedding. Um, so we'll get into that. So Tyrion has um, his girlfriend, Shay, And, of course, his sister is always trying to, you know, kill his his jive. So it's he can't keep her in King's Landing because she's in danger once they find out that um, he's, you know, going around with, you know, this whore, as, as they call her. Um, you know, she's going to be put to death. Um, of course, at this point, Tyrion is married to Sansa. Um, so that's his wife. Um so he needs to try to get rid of Shay, not because he wants to, but because he wants her to be safe and not, um, you know, get hung by, you know, his father and his sister. Um, so we've got that whole side story there. Um, we see a, a, a meet and greet with Joffrey and people are bringing him um, gifts prior to the wedding. And of course he's given a, a book by his uncle uh, Tyrion, which, you know, he doesn't give a crap about. He's such a pile of crap. Um, his dad or his grandfather, Tywin, gives him a, a new sword um, for, you know, the, the upcoming wedding, which he takes out and proceeds to chop this book up in front of his uncle. Um, and then also points out that, you know, it, it reminds him of when um, Ned Starks uh, was beheaded and of course, you got Sansa sitting right there, and that's Ned's daughter. I mean, he just is such an asshole at every turn. He tries his best to just, you know, just—he's so despicable, you know. Um, I have a question about yeah. this king. Yeah. So is he in the entire series up until this point? Yes. Okay. So this is like a big deal one, at the end. One, well, right, yep. so I know it's a big deal. So that's why, because what I read was that like several important characters had just been killed off recently, which was like mm -hmm. a big surprise. Yeah, so is that like wedding. something that like does the cast kind of rotate, and is that something that happens, or do most people stick around from beginning to end? So the red wedding would have been the season before. That was when Rob Stark. Um, and his family were killed at his wedding. Um, that was maybe one of the biggest surprises up to the point, um, up to that point in the series, because they these were major, major characters from the beginning of the series, um, and a bunch of them were, were killed off um, in this wedding. It was a huge surprise. Um, there, there are a lot of main you know big characters that die throughout the um the series um but there's there are so many characters that have 
you know, long arcing storylines over many seasons. So, yeah, there's people obviously die off um, or killed, but there's so many other characters available that, you know, this thing's able to continue on. There are a lot that make it all the way through. Okay. You know, um, but, but so this king had been on since the beginning. He wasn't like somebody that entered late. So at the beginning of the series, Cersei is married to Robert Baratheon. And <clears throat> he's the king at the time. And he has his children. And uh, Joffrey is the oldest son. So when he passes, Joffrey is next in line for the throne. The problem is, is all of Cersei's kids are not the king's kids. They're actually Jamie's kids through incest. And, you know, this farce has just continued on. Basically, it's the worst kept secret in, you know, all of King's Landing that, you know, these kids are, you know, not the, the king's kids, but, you know, the, the brother of the queen's kids, you know. So anyway, that's a that's a whole story in amongst itself. And that's one of the main things throughout the whole series is who does have a rightful who is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne? So, um, so when you're watching this, yeah. there's no inclination that this guy was going to die. No, um, you knew something bad was going to happen. I mean, so we'll get we get to the dinner after the wedding, and you've got Joffrey is continually continuing to humiliate his bro, his uh, uncle Tyrion. He brings out. Um, these dwarfs to reenact this battle of the five kings, which is, you know, disrespectful to just about everybody at this table. Um, it's disrespectful to his wife, uh, his wife's family. It's disrespectful to uh, Tyrion's wife, uh, Sansa Stark. Um, it, it's everything about it is awful. And you can feel this tension just building. So you don't know what's going to happen, but you kind of feel like something awful is going to happen at some point in this um, episode. So no, I had, I had no idea the first time that I watched it, that this was the one where Joffrey dies. Um, I did know that he doesn't make it through the series, but um, it was, uh, it was a surprise when, when it came about. So um, this, of course, sets into motion now that Joffrey is poisoned. Cersei believes that Tyrion is the one who poisoned him. And we see that Sansa gets swept away for an escape because, of course, she's going to be blamed as well. Um, so they're trying to get her to safety. So it's it's kind of up in the air who was all responsible for Joffrey's death. Um, ask because it is the it, he literally points as he's dying he mm -hmm. points to Tyrion and right. so that's obviously where the blame is going and it's set up to make you think that that's him but right. once you watch more episodes you don't know so so what I came to believe and you know I'm sure this is you know well known throughout the the universe of Game of Thrones um there's an advisor to the king, Littlefinger, that I believe he was um, had a hand in it. He always had a hard on for Sansa Stark. I get it. I get it. Littlefinger had a hand in it. Ah, uh, thank you. Because um, he ends up uh, being the one that 
helps to rescue Sansa away from King's Landing. And then, of course, um, uh, Olena Tyrell, I, the grandmother of the uh, queen, the, the, new, the new queen, had a hand in it as well because, I mean, she hates the Lannisters. Everybody hates the Lannisters and um, was kind of fed up with it and did not want to see her granddaughter, you know, subjected to a life of marrying this psychopath, you know, so... It's um, I thought it was an awesome episode. It's it's one of the highest ranked episodes in the series. Uh, I think on IMDb, it's got a ranking it of nine point seven. I said it's like nine point five or nine point seven, maybe. Even. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a great it's a great episode. That wedding brings together so many characters into one spot that normally aren't together, which was a lot of fun to see. Um, this show is spread across you know an entire continent across the sea to you know Dorne where we've got um um Daenerys is across the sea at this point yet um hasn't made her way over to Westeros so this was a pretty big moment in the series just having so many major characters in one place and I will say that even though I had no idea really you know who anybody was or why he was acting this way the the scenes between him and Tyrion, mm -hmm. the whole humiliating <laughs> him. It was very tense. It that's the part that like was like watching it without knowing anything. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like I wanted to see what was going to happen, and that was the part that you know made me most interested, of course. Well, and Joffrey is so because I always I always love when there's a bad guy that you hate, and that guy was right. certainly hateable. Well, and there's plenty of them in this entire uh, series, but you never knew what he might do. Joffrey so as he's humiliating his uncle and his uncle's doing everything he can to put on a good face you know like when he gets the right. wine poured on him he goes oh it's such a you know shame to you know waste I'm such still. a fine vintage and yes is he you know, um related to King Joffrey Joffer from coming to America <laughs> I don't know That's I got a good, where you're going good question. two good kings question. named Joffrey mm-hmm so um I know you guys hadn't seen the show before. Uh, it's such a, a huge... It, when we did our top fives, this year was such a big one for TV for me. So I really wanted to, you know, cover... Pete took Fargo, which was a great pick. I wanted to at least cover um, Game of Thrones at some point. And this episode, landing in 2014, was my opportunity. So, so I have a question. Mm -hmm. So I said I'll probably never watch it. But I will say, if I do ever watch it... This is the kind of show, the kind of like characters genre that my son does like. Now he's 17. Mm -hmm. I know there's a ton of sex. And then you yep. go and picked an episode that had no nudity in it. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Boo. But if he could, could I watch it with him? Would it be too uncomfortable and weird? Or like if he did say he wanted to watch it, it would give us something, you know, to do together. Like if I was going to watch it, that's why I would watch it. So right. what, what, what is your recommendation? I, for a 17 year old, I think it would be completely okay. Honestly. Well, of course by it, but like, I'm saying like for him and me to watch it together, anything weird with that or. I, well, I mean, there is a lot of nudity, but it's not. And keep in mind. He's I, I, gay. Hate to, I hate to say that it's not nudity for nudity's sake. Cause there is a lot of nudity, but, um, that's the other thing too about this show. It's very inclusive as far as lifestyles. Right. Okay. You know, so it's not just 
you know, and I mean, there's a lot of deviant crap in there because you've got, you know, these two main characters of Jamie and Cersei being twins that are, you know, are in such incestuous. But um, no, I, I think I there is a lot of nudity, but it's not the focus of the show. You know, it's in there, but it's not like this is what the show's about. You know what I mean? All so, right. well, you know, uh, what? I, yeah. I might watch it. I don't know. Yeah, I I would hope I would absolutely love it if you did. I think you would. It's one of those shows that as you get into it, it's like, oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. Um, one of the things I will say, my favorite character throughout the entire run of this series is Arya Stark. And the the end of the Red Wedding is kind of her beginning of her story um, and her path to becoming who she becomes. And I think it's just such a fun arc for her becoming basically a silent assassin. Um, so I, I love her character. She was not in this episode at all. Um, I know she's, uh, comes back in, uh, she was in the first episode of the season. She's, um, in the next episode, episode three, she is at this point, um, out and about with the hound. Um, but her character throughout the series is, is absolutely my favorite. So. All right. I would recommend it. So, uh, you guys got anything else to say about, uh, about your viewing of this episode? I don't think I think we covered it for me. Right. So what we're going to do. Oh, well, you know, what we need to do. We need to figure out who's picking second and third here. Oh, yep. All right. We'll do it quick on air. Uh, yeah, I, got odds. Go. I got evens. One, two, three. Looks it's like evens. I got the All number right. two pick. So we got me and Pete and Brad. So There's only one on- that I really care about here, so uh, hopefully I'll still get uh, one-third. So in honor of the death of Joffrey on this episode, my top five for tonight is going to be your favorite villain deaths. And wait, way- wait, well, oh, oh, this is important. Yes. Because it said satisfying. Yeah. Death. Satisfying. Yes. Because not I um not all of mine are villains. Some are the way they the way they died was it was hey that was kind of nice how they did that. So oh, interesting. That's oh. it. I, I took it. That's not I what I was it, thinking. But actually, I do have one like that on here. I have one like okay. that actually. I took it a couple of different ways. I've got some villains. I have some that it's a very likable character, a good guy, but how it ended, it was just very nice, or sure. how it happened. Um, so this is. Well, I guess you'll have to decide, Pete. This okay, is. Well, I, I just want to put that disclaimer on there that some of my picks might be. That's the case. So, and okay. one of them is, you know, a couple of them are funny. Um, sure. Oh, so, I have one or two of those. Yeah. So this is going to be across television and three, movies. I have three. And um, if you guys were bigger Game of Thrones fans. Honestly, you could, we could come up with a uh, fifteen names just from Game of Thrones that would right. would um, be pretty pretty interesting here. Oh, that's a lot of deaths. Yes, there are a lot of deaths, and I will bring up quite a few of them as we as we go through here. Um, so I'm just gonna 
take it right off the right off the bat here. I am going to take Joffrey Baratheon as uh, the number one overall pick. Okay. I was very I was very happy to see him go. Um. All right. In that case, I feel like I might snipe Brad on this one, um, oh. but I'm going to go with Hans Gruber. Oh, thank God. So I left Hans off my list because I really loved his character. Yeah, I went back and forth on that one. I have him as number two on my list, but like satisfying, the, I, I don't know. It's yes. the way that, I mean, it's very memorable the way oh, that he dies. Yes. And yes. so, again, this is a category you can take a million different directions. Well, and that's why I so do have him. Interpretation. Yep. That's what opens it up for discussion when we uh, when we pick these. So, And when, I, my, when I did... When I did my list, I tried to think of characters that I really didn't like. And so there are a ton of bad guys in movies. And it's like, I actually like that character kind of pulling for him a little bit. Um, you know, so I tried to pick, you know, people that I thought were pretty despicable and then were satisfied with their eventual death. Well, my yeah. number one and the correct answer mm -hmm. and the most satisfying death I've ever seen is Count Rugen in The Princess Bride, The Death ah. of the Six-Fingered Man. Yes. I'll give you nice. anything. What do you want? I want my <laughs> father back, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. That is the greatest scene from the greatest movie. Sure. And that's that's the answer. That is a, right. that is a very, okay. very good answer. All right. I think I'm going to go with... God, there's so many good ones. I'm going to go with one that uh, everybody hates this guy, I'm assuming. Um, I'm going to go with the death of Hitler in Inglorious Bastards. When they okay. just continue to shoot him and his body and face are just being ripped apart by bullets. Um, that was a fun, that was a satisfying way for him I to go. I didn't have that on my list, but that's a really good answer. Thank you. Because it brings you into like only if it was real life, you know, yes. it makes it even more. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to argue that one because it will sound really bad if we dispute <laughs> Hitler. Who would... No way, man. It's not as good as Count Rugen, but no, that's good. All right, my next one is another bad guy and fits your original description. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Gus from Breaking Bad. Oh. The God. way that they, the, the way they built up to that, and the way it happened, um, it was. Uh, I, I thought that was that actually should have been my number one pick, but I still was able to get it. I, I have him on my list, and and he is not my number one pick for that show. Well, so my question was, what I was going to do is take uh, two for one. Mm -hmm. Oh, from that, yeah. Yep. Scene because not only does he die, but so does Hector Salamanca, yep. who's the annoyed the shit out of you for series with that right. bell. Yeah, yeah. I always got a kick out of Hector. I, I think you can take that Hector. as a second. You yeah. can you can make that your own pick because well, I can. Now I'm it's trying the second to decide character that died. It's a great answer if you include them both because that's what's so great. You you knock out sure. two and one. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that makes it harder, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with Hector because okay. that would have been one of the next ones on my list. And that guy was so annoying. Sure. 
And it was such a satisfying scene because even when you hate him, I mean, him ringing the bell to ignite it, like it was, oh my God, that was so awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, man. So I'm going to take a guy that I found very despicable and did not care for him in this movie. And his death is still one of the best deaths that I've ever seen in any movie. I'm going with Jimmy from Roadhouse when he gets his throat ripped out by Dalton. All right. I'm with him. Um, my next one, I, I think this might be the third episode in a row that I brought this movie up. Um, but this one really fits the category. I'm going with Jaws, the shark. Bruce, um, yes, I have him on my list. Excellent yep. pick. Jaws, the shark. Of the, <laughs> Jaws, the shark. It's Bruce. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, just because they're again the way that they built up to it and that sort of long drawn out scene, mm-hmm. and and I say drawn out, it sounds like it's a bad way, but it's so good, yep. so perfectly done. The way it builds up to it, it's it's amazing. And he's so, sinking into the water, and and then yeah, of course yeah. when there's a big explosion like that, I mean, what a great death scene when he gets to when he explodes. God, I think I, I love that pick, Pete. I had that on my list. Yeah, I got a good All list, right. but Pete's Pete's taking a lead here. He's doing a good job. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take another guy who you might not think of a villain as much, but it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And he was despicable. And when he finally decides to kill himself, it is so satisfying. And that is the warden on the Shawshank Redemption. Excellent. Yeah, I'm doing good, too, this time. You are. I think we're all doing pretty good. I mean, I have Hitler on my list, for God's sake. (laughs) All right. Excellent pick. I'm going to go for a little bit of a twofer here. So only one death, but because of the act of the killing, another person gets his comeuppance as well. I'm going to go with Wild Bill Wharton from the Green Mile. When Percy kills him, of course, he's the one who actually did the murdering that put John Coffey in prison. Um, He's a horrible individual. We've got Percy who kills him, and then Percy ends up in uh, the loony bin after that. So I'm going with Wild Bill. Is that um, Sam Rockwell? Yes. Okay. I am actually sticking so far. This is going to be my fourth pick. I continue to stick with the villain theme, so I'm Mm -hmm. able to adjust on the fly because there's so little overlap uh uh with my list and this is a little bit of recency bias but again it's such a good tv show and um uh we just went through it i'm going with lorne malvo yes thought of that one yeah um i should know this because i just watched it i how did he die uh well colin hanks's character uh shot him well, Colin Hanks. Oh, Colin Hanks. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. great. He came in the back cabin. In, in the cabin. That's there, right. In the cabin. He, okay. I just totally blanked on what happened there. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's some of these that I have listed. It's not only a great person who died, but it's a person who killed them that made it even more satisfying. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, oh, boy. God, there are so many. 
I am going to see. I got some funny ones, but they're still good answers. But I got a good list going, so I'm going to try to keep it going here. I'm going to pick. God dang it. Not Voldemort, but Bellatrix Lestrange, who was killed by Mother Weasley. Which makes for a, a great ending. Oh boy. No, protecting those kids. All right. All right. So I've got one I really want to. Bellatrix take. Lestrange is so annoying. My God. But I'm going to leave him off because I've already got one from Game of Thrones. So I am going to take the chief guard. From the Temple of Doom. So this is the guy down in the mind, whipping the children, gets into a fight with um, with Indy, and ends up uh, being smashed to death in the uh, rollers of the, the rock thing. So he gets pulled down into the rollers, and you see his blood come around on the, on the wheels. So oh, I'm yeah, taking that one. That was a pretty satisfying death. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go... Just because I think I have a good list, I'm going to go with probably the, uh, the most famous one of all time um, and fits this category. A villain fits your category. Okay. Um, I'm going with Darth Vader. Okay. The way he dies with Luke um, after everything that's happened, it was a nice ending. Um, and so the way he takes off his mask so we could see him one last time. And uh, then then he dies. So there you go. Rounding out my list. All right, Brad, what do you got for our uh, for our last pick? There's so many great ones out there. I know. They're all like the same to me, though, so it's really hard to pick. I don't know. We just talked about this show or this movie, and I hated this guy. So I'm going to pick that one. Mr. Blonde in Reservoir oh. Dogs. I love when he gets shot. I love when you find out it was the cop who shot him. He's such an asshole. He's just such a loudmouth idiot. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pick Mr. Blonde. Very good. Well, we got two from uh, from Quentin Tarantino movies. A lot of death in Quentin Tarantino movies, and we got two picks from So that's outstanding. You guys got anything else? I got quite a few other well, ones. Well, I got more. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I got a... Yeah. I got a few, but go all ahead, right. Brad. Well, I got. Um, I wanted to pick one of my favorite movies is Cape Fear. Max Cady, at the end. Yep. Um, especially after he does all that horrible stuff on the boat, he just and he gets burned alive. Like that's that's great. I got Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Very good. That's a good one. I got. Uh, it's not really satisfying necessarily in the movie, but looking back, it's satisfying to watch OJ die at the end of the naked gun. <laughs> I have a different one from the same. I got uh, Dewey's dad in walk hard, especially uh -huh. because he, he's such a dick and he does it to himself. He cuts himself in half and learns a lesson. He never realized yeah. how easy it is to cut yourself in half. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do have Voldemort on here. I'm surprised none of us said I could have picked El Guapo. I thought one of you might pick El Guapo. Oh, I didn't like oh, when he died. That would have been that a was good the, it wasn't sad. That's a good trick, too. No. Yeah. <laughs> I picked Hector. I could have also picked Lalo Salamanca on Better Call Saul. Mm. 
But I felt like it was kind of quick. It wasn't so satisfying the way he died. But the one actually that I could, I hated Chuck. And so when they finally killed him off, I was elated that he was done on the show. Uh, Two more. Gifford, the show lost. Ethan was an annoying character and he gets Mm -hmm. killed by Charlie, which she loved Charlie. Yep. And then finally, this is kind of fits what Pete asked. I got Thelma and Louise on here, which they're not villains and you love them, but it's like, it's like you feel like that's the way the movie had to end. And it's like they wanted. And so you're like satisfied for them sure. that they got the ending that they insisted on. And so that I put it at the end of my list because it was a little different. But like it's a very famous death. And even though they die and it's sad, you still kind of feel satisfied at the end, I feel like. Sure. All right. Excellent. Pete, that's what do you got? One I have from the same uh, movie that, that you had listed, but a different character. I had Vincent Lud- Ludwig. Played by Ricardo Montalban, <laughs> who falls off the stadium and then gets run over by a My dad went the and, same way. And then, yeah. and then the USC marching band. That's a good one. <laughs> right before OJ. Um, so the, my my next one, um, actually my next seven, I had Tony slash Andre Demira, um, for just because for, my for next quantity, seven. satisfying to get seven deaths out of that uh, out of that one actor that we that we had on this show. Um, I also had going completely different direction, uh, James Earl Jones as Terrence Mann at the end of Field of Dreams, where he walks into the cornfield. Um, oh, interesting. So, um, I also had Voldemort. I had the old guy in Clerks in the bathroom. <laughs> it doesn't get well, much more satisfying Way than more that. satisfying for what's-her-face. <laughs> they draw the biggest That's titties right. in these things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then one from tv that i had that might be a little less known for you guys um and it was it was a very sad death but the way that they did it uh was really well done i didn't watch the show a ton but i watched it enough dr green played by anthony edwards on er so in the show uh he had been battling cancer for is like brain cancer for the entire last season and then the, the way that they did that last episode that he was on was beautifully done. Uh, I think he was in Hawaii and they played the Hawaiian version of, of somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow. And um, um, the way they did it was good. So it's ve- that's where it's very different than your villain theme. Uh, but when you think satisfying how it ended, um, that's what I had on my list. That is my entire list. Well, one that I wanted to take, um, but I said we I already had one from Game of Thrones, is Ramsey Snow or Ramsey Bolton. Um, he's such a horrible character. You guys got to look at him uh, in the episode we covered tonight. Um, uh, Viserys Targaryen, um, Daenerys's brother, when he gets um, the gold poured down his mouth, uh, or over his head. That was uh, that was awesome. And then, of course, Tywin Lannister being shot by Tyrion while he's on the pot. That was a good one. Um, I also got uh, Jed from uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, we mm. got Com- Commodus from um, Gladiator, Joaquin uh, Phoenix's character. That was a very satisfying prick to see go. Um, Johnny Ringo from Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Roth played a character Cunningham in Rob Roy. 
Um, that was a pretty satisfying sword fight at the end and Liam Neeson's character knocking him off. Um, Sylvester Stallone movie Cobra, the night slasher, in the final fight scene gets a big meat hook um, shoved through his back and he's writhing in pain as he's um, it's an uh, on an automated line and he's pulled into a furnace. That's a pretty satisfying uh, death scene right there for a despicable character. Um, I took the chief guard from Temple of Doom, but also Molaram from Temple of Doom, where he gets um, thrown off the ladder and down into the river and all the alligators um, are eating him and spinning around. And, you know, that's a good way for that guy to go. Uh, I took Aziz from True Lies when he gets um, shot off of the uh, Harrier jet through the building and into the helicopter of some more bad guys. Uh, I like that one. The T-1000 from uh, Terminator 2. Uh, this one is for the boys from uh, Surely You Can't Be Serious, the general in the first Lethal Weapon movie where he's uh, in a burning car and he's trying to get a hold of the um, hand grenades and then the whole car explodes around him. That was awesome. Um, I picked Jimmy from Roadhouse, but also Brad Garrett's death at the end of that movie where all the townsfolk come around and take, you know, shotgun blasts at him to kill him. That was and a very you satisfying. You your number one. You hated that guy. I did hate that guy. Um, you guys took quite a few from Breaking Bad. My favorite from Breaking Bad was Uncle Jack and his entire crew at the end of that um, series where oh yeah where yeah. he sets up the gun to mow them all down because oh at the very you know, end yeah you know those guys you know they kept Jesse captive and you know all the horrible things they did to him so I was very happy to see Uncle Jack go and then um, you took Lauren Melvo in season one of Fargo I'm going with Sam Hess that guy was a complete and utter yeah. d bag oh yeah I really loved when he got knocked off. So that is my list. That was early on. That was episode one. That was episode yep. one. That put it so, all in motion. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, well, I thank you guys for uh, sitting down and watching this episode and uh, uh, let me uh, broaden your horizons with some uh, medieval fantasy. So, Hey, Gifford, do you know what band will never die? <laughs> uh, Preacher Roll. Wait, I oh, think we oh. reached the end of something first Oh, here. that's right. Oh, we got to close the yearbook. Yeah, on 2014. Good Sorry, Good catch Paige. there, Brad. What what are we gonna open it up to next month? What is it? Uh, 1998. 1998. Some good stuff right. in 98, folks. That's a great, great time. Mm-hmm. Yes, time it is. Time to be alive. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Here is Preacher Row.
I'm scared, but there's nothing I can do.